When when did you go to Vietnam, Walter? First time was 1965 with 7th Marines. 7th Marines? I was 6th Marines. 3rd Battalion, 6th Marines out of Camp Lejeune. Yeah, I was with 5th Marines at Camp uh, Margarita, Camp Demo. Yeah, I've heard of 3-5 uh, is considered our sister battalion. Well, I'm not in 3-6 no more, but... That's awesome. And you did you say you were an IDC or independent duty corpsman or yeah, you were. You were an independent duty corpsman. I hadn't talked to you in so long I had trouble remembering. Yeah, that certificate of special instruction. Got it. And you did how many years? Twenty-two. You did twenty-two years enlisted. Jeez Louise. So chief or senior chief or retired out of senior chief. Senior chief. Yeah, How'd you end up here at the Veterans One Stop? Well, my last duty station was the Marine Corps Reserve here in Waco. I've served at the Marine Corps Reserve Center here in Waco. Yeah, I was here uh, 2009 was when I started, and I left in 2011, went to Afghanistan. 2012, I came back, and I transferred to North Carolina for a little while. I finished out my contract there. I got here in 1980. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I retired from the Marine Corps Reserve in 83. Wow. Wow, man. That was a, seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I retired from Baylor Scott and White in Temple in uh, 2014. No kidding. I worked in radiology and MRI. Magnetic resonance. I'm, yeah. You mind if I shut the door? I'm having trouble here. <laughs> at least crack it a little. Yeah. yeah. I worked at magnetic resonance imaging. I worked in uh, upper GI, very minimums, IVPs. <laughs> I, I got exposed to that lifestyle, but I never, I never did much with it. Um, it looks like they're quieting it down now, thankfully. I never did much with my MRI or, or, or um, imaging experience. Excuse me, experience. Um, I got to do some EKG work, and I got to do some sonography work. Uh, I did a clinical rotation at the X-ray department on uh, Naval Training Station Great Lakes, so right down the street from Recruit Training Command, and um, I was there for uh, about a year. I was at that command, um, and we would do rotations. So sometimes you would go work at the dental clinic. Sometimes you would work uh, in the treatment room. Um, I did a lot of records. Did a lot of records because <laughs> by the time I went in, I was just a E two. So um, by the time I got there, they had I was bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I was bottom of the barrel in every sense of the word. And we had a we had a high speed senior chief, Red Stripes, Red Stripes senior chief, and uh, he he was he wasn't Marsock. I think he was Force Recon actually. I think he was a Force Recon corpsman. Um, 24 years he was in, and he he stepped out. Um, he was a he was an interesting man. <laughs> he was an interesting man. <clears throat> we had some good leadership there. Uh, HM1 Webb was a cardiovascular technician. I remember um, when I first showed up there, I was having problems with my mom's health at home, and that was concerning me. And I, I told him about that, and he's like, okay, so you want to take some leave to kind of decompress and figure that out? And I said, yes, that would be very helpful for me. So he gave me approval to take a three-week leave, which I had the days to take it. Just typically when you show up to command, they want you to orient yourself first. Um, at least that's what it was my experience when I was in. Uh, I started in 2006 and showed up to my first command in 2007. 
So that's when um, I got exposed to the blue side of the Navy, working in a treatment clinic, uh, cleaning up wounds. Did some really cool stuff with wound treatment care, uh, partial toenail removals, uh, wound abscess management, um, wrapping up injuries. Uh, we had this girl that had um, a cyst on her foot from a rock. It had uh, dug into the sole of her foot and wearing those nasty boots and not changing her socks or whatever caused an infection to happen. And we couldn't even poke the needle into her foot to numb it. And the lidocaine, we couldn't even apply the lidocaine because she was screaming so loud. She was screaming so loud. We had people that were sitting outside the treatment room get up and leave because they heard her screams. <laughs> And uh, she had to, we, we had to give her a treatment plan for the day and say, put this on that, um, apply a hot compress for so much time. What we're hoping to do is get the infection to harden up a little bit, kind of grow. That way we can numb around it and then cut the rest of it out. We want it to expand a little bit because what you got right now is such a fine point infection that's causing you immense pain. We can't do anything about it. You won't sit still. We can't even poke your foot with a needle. So uh, it was just in a, such a sensitive area. And, you know, you hear about people getting foot tattoos all the time. I don't see how they did it. I don't. It's incredible. So that was a that was an eye-opening experience for me. Moving somebody's nail toenail, a little trail of blood coming out. It's like, thankfully, we wear these face yeah. shields. <laughs> I had to suture a part of an ear back home one time, and that's an interesting. <clears throat> was it a fresh? Um, did it happen like within an hour? Or? Well, within within a few hours. Okay. Evidently, he got in a fight out in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> got his ear separated from his head. Marine or sailor? Sailor. Okay. That's that's surprising to me. I would expect a Marine. <laughs> <laughs> I was aboard ship then. I was on the duty. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Man. It's a guided missile destroyer. Yeah, that's George Foreman over there. Yeah, see, that's the picture of George Foreman you got taking hands with him. That's cool. I never did anything uh, that high profile, but we had some uh, Marines do some pretty crazy stuff out in town. Um, I think the, the craziest I ever had happen was uh, this one guy that was Nigerian was a Marine. Real stocky SOB. I mean, just, you know, all muscle, solid muscle guy. He um, he went out in town. We started having a, a drinks and stuff, and he was dancing, and he got into an altercation with some guy because he was dancing with this girl at the time. And, they got an argument, and they decided to go outside and talk about it. He drug us out there with them, and uh, the dude pulled a gun on him because the, the guy was just, you know, stacked. There's no way this dude's going to be able to handle him. He probably outweighed him by, like, 70 pounds at least. And, uh, you know, of course, being a Marine, an infantry Marine, he had hand-to-hand -hand training. So, you know, this this dude better be a black belt in something for him to take. His name was Nagia. For him to take Nagia, there's no way. <laughs> he, he had to pull a gun, and... And so by the time he pulled that gun, he had grabbed it out of his hand and hit him with it. And he was like, that's the third time that happened to me this month. Like, I'm not running around with you no more. <laughs> like, that was the last time I hung out with him. I, I, I don't know what happened to him after that. I know he had uh, aggression issues. He was really um, defiant to authority. And I, I believe he got separated, but I don't, I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure. Do you have a, a blood pressure cuff machine there? Do you use it? Yeah. For yourself? Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I've got a, a, a manual blood pressure cuff in my car and a stethoscope and a trauma kit too uh, for when I roll up on emergencies I can assist. Um, but it's nothing high speed. I don't have IV bags. I've got needles and tubing but, but no bags, you know. It's hard to 
procure supplies when you're not in the medical field. Yeah, measles, that's generally pretty <laughs> stingy with control. them. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was able to get some. Um, this kit that I got, it's actually kind of old. Uh, 2012 is when I got it. So when I went to Afghanistan, there was a guard unit out there, and um, they, you know, they were infantry. So they were patrolling, they were operating out of our base. And uh, they had a combat medic there, a staff sergeant, who um, was all about equipment and being ready. So he had been at Afghanistan before. Um, so he, I don't know how he had got the supplies, but he, he ordered it through North American Rescue. I believe he might have spent his own money. Or he got money, he got funding from somewhere. And uh, he just ordered a crap load of leg kits that you can rig up. And it's got ace wraps, it's got tourniquets, it's got compress bandages, uh, burn gauze, and wound, wound management, and open airway management. Wow. You gotta take that? Yeah. That's, that's fine. Hello. Are you with Medicare? Yeah, more robo colors. <laughs> I get those all the time, somebody calling me about stuff that I don't need. Well, what do you do in your time now? I mean, I know you volunteer here, but you got anything else that you're doing? Aside from the Marine Corps League, which I know you're a part of the Marine Corps yeah, League. I'm part of the Marine Corps yeah. League. I'm part of the Vietnam Veterans Association. Yeah. I'm the treasurer of that. I was treasurer of the McClendon County Historical Commission. No kidding. I'm part, yeah, I'm part of that. So I'm, my time gets taken up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but you, do you like that? You like staying busy? Yeah. Yeah. I just left the job. I got hit by uh, an arc flash. I got an electrical burn, is what it is. Um, it uh, it kind of put things in perspective for me because you know I've been hit by an IED while I was in Iraq, and when I got hit by that arc flash, it kind of brought me back to that. It felt like I was dead, and the first time I got hit by a blast, I thought I was dead then too. It um, it made me realize what I was doing and take perspective and, and take stock of my working conditions. And I thought, you know, if this is the way things are going to be. Do I need to keep working here? And I was thinking after that accident, we would kind of revitalize our safety program at work. And we took a better look at it, but the conditions were still the same. So that day I had come in uh, an hour and a half early and I was rushing through my work to try to get it uh, delivered to a customer because we were a customer-based production shop, working on engines and, and motors and stuff. Um, not for vehicles, but for like water treatment facilities or hydroelectric dams or wind turbine farms. Uh, we work on those kind of motors. And I supplied electricity to them, and um, I was in a hurry, and I wasn't you know, taking time to stop and think about what I was doing. So because of that, I, uh, I opened up a current circuit of like five amps, and that popped me really good. It popped me really good. Um, but next week, we had seven uh, orders that we had to bust down and get sent back out in three days. So we were coming in at like 5.30, 6 o'clock to, to do this work. And uh, I was staying late every day to get it done. And um, when I saw that that was happening, I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna stay here anymore. Things are not changing. So <laughs> because of that, I can't keep working here. Yeah, when I was growing up, I was right next door to a welding shop. Okay. And they did arc welding, they did gas welding. <clears throat> and you had to be careful. The guy always wore this hood, you know, with the protective lens mm -hmm. to keep from getting burns to his eyes. Yeah. But I was over there a lot, watching him weld. And you didn't want to be a welder after seeing that? No. <laughs>
No, I didn't. What made you join the Navy? I was, uh, well, to start out with, I went to college on football and boxing scholarship, Cisco Junior College. And uh, I decided I didn't like that, so I transferred to Midwestern State the next year from Cisco. And my, uh, I was working at State Hospital. Oh. And one of my friends had been in the Navy, and he said, well, we've got educational programs and everything in the Navy, you don't join. So I did. <laughs> I went in as a hospital recruit. And uh, they sent me to San Diego. And I went to boot camp, and then I went to uh, Balboa Hospital for core school. And then they sent me to Guam in the Marianas Islands for 19 months. Wow. I keep hearing about that place. I've never been. Well, it's an American territory. Yeah. And when I was there, historically speaking, uh, Price Daniels got his brother Bill Daniels appointed as provisional governor of Guam. So we were both there at the same time. The Guamanians hated him. He was bringing over longhorn cattle and all, everything <laughs> from Texas, you know, horses. And, and he came back and he was uh, living in Woodbury. And he was, I noticed that Baylor sued him because uh, he, he was a purveyor of a bunch of land that his, his parents had donated to Baylor. And I never did hear how it came out. But anyway, uh, I guess Bill died back in the 1990s something. But uh, we were there on Guam at the same time. That's pretty awesome. I, I know that the, the only real big name that came across my career was, uh, of course, we had some special operations guys when we were downrange, but uh, the president, Barack Obama, came to our base um, really? and did a, it was Camp Lejeune. Uh, he did an address to the, the military forces there because we were, he was talking about the drawdown and drawing forces out of the Middle East. Um, there was all kinds of security and details and stuff like that, but my battalion, they're like, nah, you're not going. You're going to stay here. we got work yeah. to do. <laughs> my wife was born at Camp Lejeune. She was born on the camp. Okay. Wow. Her father was a Marine captain. He was a Mustanger. Oh, enlisted officer. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's cool. And he went to Vietnam as a civilian, and he used to ride helicopters all over Vietnam. No kid. You had a friend that was a pilot in Vietnam that used to be here. He passed away recently, I understand. A uh, big guy. Used to be a pilot. Uh, I don't remember. Mm. Now, we, we sat in here talking about uh, his time there and how he had, like, drove combat missions in Vietnam and shot up some of the people that were there. Yeah, I forget his name, but he's a big dude. Bald-headed, I think. Um, anyway, meeting people from the Vietnam era and their missions that they did there just kind of fascinates me because you only, you know, read textbooks or hear about it on TV. They don't really tell you the full story. Yeah, we uh, went over there with 7th Marines with a stopover in Okinawa. And it was interesting, you know, they had Cinderella Liberty. Um, um, it ends at midnight? Yeah. Okay. You had to be back through the gates by midnight. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's my first time there, so I, I left about 11.30 and got back. And there was a big long line of people out going through the gate. Well, it was after 11, after 12 o'clock when I got through, and they wrote me up. 
Yeah. You know, I'm sure they're they want to enforce discipline, but they got bigger fish to fry at that yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> I know I woke up the next morning in the barracks and there were these two girls in there cleaning up. I was a little flustered, you know, that they would have the girls in there and me and my skitties. Yeah, I can I can recall some some barrack memories like that. Yeah, when I was on Guam, they had the girls clean clothes and had guys that shined your shoes. Really? Mm-hmm. That would have been awesome because we spent so much time shining those black weather boots, man. Oh, God, I hated it. <laughs> did you ever do a Coke bottle shine? Uh, no. No, I don't think so. What they do, they take polish and put on there and take a Coke bottle and rub it in until you get it bright and shiny. Yeah. We used to um, take a flame to the uh, polish and melt it mm-hmm. and put it on. And that worked, but it powdered it, and it, you could get it shiny for like an hour. But if you walked around in those suckers, no. It's going to mess it up. <laughs> mess up that shine. We had, uh, we had people learn to, to apply some sort of dressing to it, some sort of uh, polish dressing. And, man, I don't know what the chemical was made of, what the polish was made of, or any of that technical crap. But when they applied it, it looked glistening like it was a mirror. But it would dry out and it would crack. And it just looked like crap. And you just had to buy a new pair of boots after that. <laughs> wow. People did some crazy stuff to get their boots good. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand it. But, but I'm glad I ran into you. I'm glad you're still here. Yeah. I'm going to try to make my appearance here a little bit more common, too. I remember when I was at boot camp, we'd be out in formation with our flat hats on. Ah, yeah. Dixie cups is what we call them. Yeah. And the seagulls would deposit. Oh, man. <laughs> Though my time in Camp Lejeune, when I was with that infantry battalion, a lot of our guys were just binge drinkers, drinking so much on the weekends, and sometimes during the week. I remember we came back from a from a 96-hour liberty, or it was a 78, or 72, rather. Um, I'm not exactly sure. It was one of those longer weekends. We show up for formation, one of the dudes is already plastered drunk, or at least... He had been drinking the night before, and he's still drunk from the night before. <laughs> and uh, we're all standing in formation. He's standing next to me, and we've got so many seagulls. Camp Lejeune, as you know, right next to the water. There's a, like, I don't know, 40, 50 maybe, maybe more. And they're, you know, chopping up a storm. And uh, he, he yells over at us like, shut up, you fucking seagulls. You fucking disgraces. <laughs> he's just cursing at these seagulls, man, and screaming at them. And for, I don't know why it was funny to me, but I just start laughing. And he looks over and he's like, shut up, Doc. What are you laughing at? And starts like <laughs> smacking me in the face, trying to pull my cover off my head. <laughs> he, he's not that guy anymore. But at the time, man, it was, yeah. You just met all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. That's one thing about being in the military. You never know. Who you're going to meet. Yeah, who you're going to meet and what they're going to be like until you've been around them for a while. Yeah. I remember we used to have payday poker. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're talking about. (laughs) They issue you checks 
with serial numbers on it. And the one with the best, you know, if you got in the pool, mm -hmm. the one with the best poker hand from those numbers wins the pot. Yeah. It's always fun. I've had one, two, three times. Okay. Yeah, whenever we gambled like that, I was always on the losing end. I just never got lucky. <laughs> I got out of that real quick after I lost a few hundred bucks. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I, I did my boot camp differently. Uh, so when I went through, they had closed down the boot camp in San Diego, and they just kept it up in Illinois. And they did a lot of training. I think Naval Training Center Great Lakes closed down a few years ago. I want to say like five or six. My grandson went to Great Lakes. Did he? So um, when I went through, they hadn't built the new battle stations yet. So we did all the crappy old battle stations where, you know, some of that stuff had been since the 1980s. Like 1985 is where some of that stuff was. Um, we had a leaky pipe that we had to patch up to simulate uh, the ship taking on water. And so the fitting that we had to put around the pipe, you couldn't tighten it up all the way. So even though you put it on and it was in place, it wouldn't stop the leak. <laughs> and the water is like 40 degrees, maybe colder, and it's just dumping on you as you're trying to patch this leak up. And you've got people in the gantry walking over, watching you as you do this exercise. And they're like, is it in place? Looks like it's in place. Okay, you can't tighten it up, so I'm going to pass you. Go on to the next exercise. <laughs> the next group will come in and remove that, and they'll put a new one in place. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit of a cluster. And um, they had Corman School, A School there, and that was just right down the street. Uh, I remember it was a, it was a come as, it was a pace at your own pace type of program, and we had a guy finish all 13 tests, which it was 13 tests when I was in. He finished all 13 tests in 21 days. Did all his practical applications, and then went on to clinicals, and that was it. He was gone in less than two months. Uh, I think it was actually five weeks he was there, and he rolled out. Uh, and it, he was the fastest. Uh, candidate to graduate through Corman School. He's like, uh, I want to say he was South Korean. <laughs> and all he did was study. He didn't do anything else. And so he was eager to get his career started and boom. He was, uh, I think he was like a year before me. So I never got to see him, but everybody was talking about it when I went through. I ended up taking two and a half months to do mine. Um, and then once I did that, I got assigned to a clinic. And then from that clinic, I got assigned to FMTV. But I don't know if you know this, they shut down all that training out there. It's just a boot camp. Naval Training Great Lakes has been closed for a long time, well, years, and they moved it all to San Antonio. So Corman A School is now at a joint base at Fort Sam Houston, where they've got Army, Air Force, and Navy all training together. Yeah, I didn't know they had an independent duty school at, at Shepherd Air Force Base. They do, I didn't know that either. So you knew all that already? I didn't know that you did. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I ended up going to Portsmouth Naval Hospital. Okay. Wow. I've heard a lot about Portsmouth. I just never never went. Was uh, administered through George Washington University School of Medicine. What? So, <clears throat> and the reason I, I I was stationed at Corpus Christi Naval Hospital and I was running the x-ray department there as an E6. Yeah. And I got passed over twice for E7. Right. And I went to personnel. I said, hey, what's going on? I got great marks, uh, you know, and I keep getting passed over. They said, well, there's too many people in that range. You need to change your AC. <laughs> so I put in for independent duty school and got it. 
and they sent me the Portsmouth, and I made E7 there, and then I made E8 at the Marine Corps Reserve there in Waco. So my understanding is, is when you go through IDC school, if you're an E6, they, you're not guaranteed a promotion, but you're likely going to get it after mm -hmm. you finish IDC school. Yeah. Yeah. The level of autonomy that you have, you're going to need the rank to go with it because you're you're practically a doctor, is what my or a PA at least. Yeah. That would. I could have been a PA, but I decided I didn't want it. <laughs> But I didn't know that they were making sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. Grief. <laughs> yeah, I, I met a couple of IDCs in my day, and um, they were they were interesting training individuals when they were coaching you through what you needed to know. Just their level of knowledge was so impressive. They um, IDCs are the ones that keep me in on the physician's desk preference and the Bates pocket guide to, to physician's assessment and stuff like that really sharpened my uh, Corman assessment skills because, you know, at the clinic, that's your bread and butter. You, yeah. you're, you're, you're doing assessment, you're doing uh, soap notes and writing up, uh, you know, your plans and stuff like that. And having that guide really uh, gave me good pointers to how to fill it in. And, yeah. When I was at uh, Scott White in Temple, uh -huh. I was the only... X-ray tech that started IVs. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're good at that crap, let me tell you. <laughs> what happened when I was on Guam, I went through Typhoon Karen. Okay. Which was the worst one they've had ever. Right, right. And they transferred all the patients from Guam Memorial Hospital over to the Naval Hospital. And we had to start IVs on all of them. So, <laughs> I, mean, I, got, I got a lot of experience on yeah. IVs. Yeah. At the reserve center, um, I was the blue side reserves. I wasn't actually assigned to the Marines. But um, we did, you know, as the corpsman on, on station, we did all the blood work, all the immunizations, all the paperwork for their records and stuff. And, uh, that was that was interesting because you had all kinds of people coming in and out there, people that are in shape, people that are not in shape. And we had one guy that was on the skinny side of not in shape. So his venous support was weak. He just had trouble getting needles to stick and take blood. You could puncture the, the vein, but then it would just you could collapse, or it just wouldn't. It would pump out blood real slow. It was almost like molasses. It was it was incredible to watch because you look at this guy and you think, well, he's in good shape. Well, actually, no. His his blood pressure is crap. Um, it just does not have the flow that it needs when you're trying to stick. And it took me three times. Took me three times to actually get him. And he had been through two other people before he got to me. Wow. So yeah, our um, our corpsman that was the full time support there lit us all up. It's like, well, these people are not guinea pigs. You can't just sit here and poke, poke, poke. And we were like, well, it's, that's not what it was. He was just hard to get. <laughs> we did the whole, you know, two sticks and you rotate out. And he got tired of, like, he, whenever I was sticking him, I could get it, but then it would go away. And he said, you've made more progress than anybody else. I want you to keep doing this until you get it. So the third time I got it to take, and I took two bottles of blood, but it, it took a while, and he was like, I do not want my blood to be taken for a year. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm sorry, and he he knew his condition. He knew that he was a, t a, a rough stick. Uh, I've had pregnant ladies that I've stuck with more ease than him. He wasn't diabetic, was I I don't know. I think he had some sort of issue with either his gastrointestinal system or something else. But uh, he was he was a good dude. I, I really miss miss certain parts of my military experience. Yeah, you got some pretty good experience yourself. I see you've got like. Pictures of are, are those sea knights or sea stallions or 
I know those are Navy helicopters there. I don't know. Somebody left that here. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, since I've been stationed in the Philippines and they knew it, they thought that might bring back some memories. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. Um, I, I've never even touched foot on a ship, let alone, you know, seen an active ship in person. I've seen decommissioned ships, like uh, North Carolina. Yeah. I was on that ship, too. Is that the Ronald Reagan? Iwo Jima. Oh, it's the Iwo Jima. Man. Is that even in commission anymore? No, it's... It's all, decommissioned. Every ship that I've ever been on is decommissioned. Oh, man. Retired just like you, huh? I went to Vietnam. We were the primary evacuation ship for casualties out of mm. Vietnam. Yeah. Did you ever do time on a hospital ship? No. Okay. My uh, best friend did. He was on the... Uh, the Mercy? It's a common one. I've heard of the Mercy, but no, I can't remember the name of the ship he was on. It was a hospital ship. Okay. He and I went to x-ray school together. Oh, okay. He's a professional photographer in Dallas now. Oh, wow. That's pretty neat. Well, Walter, I'm going to get back to what i got to do. Um, thanks for chopping it up with me. Okay. Enjoy <laughs> talking to you. Yeah. Come back and see me when you get a chance. Yeah, sure. Um, you said you're what, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays? Our typical time of the day, or are you here all day? I'm here from 10 to 2. 10 to 2 p.m.? Okay. Well, I'm not I'm not working right now, uh, so I'll have a lot of free time, but <laughs> uh, I'll make sure I, I stop by and see you. I don't think I left anything in here, and I haven't had anything to eat either. That's why I need to get some grub. But um, thanks. Thanks for chopping it up with me. Oh, you're welcome. I, I don't need a lot of Corman now that I've been out. And, uh, there's not a lot of us. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, they're all moved on to bigger populations and doing bigger jobs. And stuff. Ham? My chopped ham? Oh, cooked. It doesn't matter. I'm going to eat it. Thanks, Walter. Pardon me, sir. I just spent the last 30 minutes talking to Walter Lavender. It's always good to. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like Walter. He's a hospital foreman, too. He's working. Yeah, I heard. I heard. John, I'm going to shoot off to the house and check on my dog for a minute. I'll be right back. I'll make sure I won't be late. Uh, remind me y'all's names, if you don't mind. Do what? Oscar and. I'm Mark. Mark and. Arnold. Arnold. Are you guys, um, were y'all Korea, post-Korea, pre-Korea? Because I'm a wreck in Afghanistan. No, he went to Korea. Korea. I went to what, Vietnam, Fort Hood. Oh, the great place, Fort Hood. Are you one of the No, sir, I'm from um, East Texas, out by Corsicana, uh, Kearns, oh. on the way to Tyler in, in Athens. Yeah, um, I used to live in Athens. I know where that's at. Right. He'll be 55. Can... 55 on one. What you bid on? He passed? Okay. Um, well, that doesn't look good for me, does it? Uh, 60 on sixes. 50? 60. 60 on sixes. 60. You bid on. Aces. Aces. 61 on aces. 
We might. We might sit. So were, were you all Army? How about you, Army? Were you Army or Navy or Air Force? They, they sent me to, to take my physical and full time pass. But then they quit So I started working and got out. Okay. That's where I went to boot camp. And, and then when the Korean War started, my wife was pregnant and they wouldn't take me. So you either really lucky or really unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Ace and Trump. Ace and Trump. That's a four. Four. I got one. Yeah, so do I. Uh, help me out here. Is so I've got a four six. Is that a six or a four? Well, that's a six. Five right now. So, so that would be a six? No. That's ten, ten points. Okay, so I had to think about that. I guess I'm, I don't want to throw off. Yeah, that was That was confusing me for a second. All right, go ahead. Six. That's just a six. Yeah, that's
Somebody got me. Oh, there it is. He said that uh, I will go for the clip. I don't think I want to live a life like that. Retired six Marines in infantry division out of North Carolina. Yeah. 
don't have a full old piece in one count. Well, I'm wondering. I got it from 61, didn't I? I'm wondering if I should let that walk or if he's going to trump it. Hey, there we go. So I had, I had one. I thought he was going to trump you, and I thought about playing that. So I have a double, but I have Oh, 
I say, I feel I feel the other way. So I ain't got that. Now that that's the ace, I'm gonna give like give us another nickel. There you We've go. We got 20, 25, 26, 20. We got 27. Man. That's, that's ours. All of them. Okay. What I'm gonna do is do this. I done got it all planned out where you can start trying. Yeah, that's I. Oh yeah. You can give me a. So I've got a, I've got a trunk for that. But if you got an off, you can throw it off. Well, that's the thing. Is it's I got a one two. That's a trunk. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what I'm looking. I think I'm. I think I'm gonna throw off. I just wanted to be sure that it didn't count because it had a two on it. Yeah, that's a good off. Alright. That's a good off. Two. He let a two. He let a double two, I guess. Two. I got it. Because you want to trump them sixes. Your six will count. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Trees falling. <laughs> I only had a one five, so I got a little bit. 
got two marks. How many marks do you need? Seven. Yeah, I did, uh, I did eight years as a paramedic. I went to Nicaragua for two weeks. When we were there, we um, we had all the people in Nicaragua come out and get medicine and water and food. And, you know, you had babies that were uh, not eating right, so we gave them, we gave them baby food and, and vitamins. Uh, pregnant moms that were getting sick, so we gave them moms vitamins and food and stuff. Uh, for 11 days, we did work, and the other three days was travel and setting up. Uh, so who's there? Oh, 
Are you sure? No, I threw the 36, so I threw the trunk. Yeah, I did that one. That was me. That's right. Come on, Carter. You're going to have to carry me. I know I'm heavy, but you got to carry me, Arno. <laughs>
that we could with that one. There just wasn't a lot to do. 